Welcome. This is the weekly Sunday sermon from Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. You can find us at ranchobaptistchurch.org. This week's message by Pastor Shane DeLisi, Our Future Glory in Christ. The original date of this message was the 28th of August, 2022. It's a blessed morning to be together. Uh, God is so good to us. We are going through a four-part series called A Firm Foundation here on Sunday mornings, and uh, this is part four. And so I've been tasked this morning uh, to preach on glorification, our future glory in Christ. And may this be a wonderful encouragement to you, to me, to Christ's church, as uh, we look forward uh, to what is to come for us as Christians, as God's children. And uh, we're looking at clear biblical doctrine that are the bedrock of, our, uh, of Christ's church. If you haven't been with us, part one, we looked at the doctrine of revelation, how God has revealed himself through creation, through general revelation. You look out at creation, there's a creator. And that creator is God Almighty. And uh, you look at God's word. God has revealed himself to us through special revelation. God has given us his word. His word is final. His word is true. It is good. His word has all authority. His word is sufficient pertaining to all matters of life and godliness. His word is living and active and there is nothing that compares to it. And those whom he has saved by the blood of his son Jesus Christ... We do well to obey the word. It brings us great joy as Christians to obey and tether ourselves to the word of God. Part two, a couple weeks ago, uh, Pastor Eric preached on man, sin, and salvation. We looked at the wonder of God that he would create us in his image to have a relationship with him. Man sinned and broke God's law and rebelled against his creator. But God provided the way for man to be reconciled to himself. Why did I highlight the way? Because we live in a world that says there's many ways to God. Let me tell you emphatically this morning, there's only one way to have a right relationship with God, your maker and creator. And that way is only through his son, Jesus Christ. To be reconciled with God is to know his son, Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, lived a perfect, sinless life. He was our spotless lamb and perfect sacrifice who went to the cross, shed his blood, which is for the perfect payment and for the penalty for our sin. We deserved eternal death and God's wrath being poured out on us for all eternity, but Christ was our substitute and died in our place He conquered the grave by rising from the dead and resurrecting on the third day and now sits at the mighty right hand of God in a place of glory and honor and power. What a wonderful salvation we have by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. In salvation, we see the wonderful kindness of our God that leads sinners to repentance and faith in Christ alone. So this morning, I make a call to those who have yet to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation and for eternal life. 
Come to Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Saved from eternal wrath and eternal damnation. Come to Jesus Christ. Sin totally forgiven. And you'll have a right, reconciled relationship with God, your maker and creator. So come to Jesus this morning. That was part two. Part three last week, we looked at the truth of sanctification and the good works we do by the power of God at work within us. Pastor Jason reminded us that effort is needed in our sanctification. We have been saved and been given God's wonderful grace to pursue him and to be a pleasing aroma to the one who saved us. And that's what our lives will be. We want to be pleasing to him because he has saved us. Those who are in Christ will walk as our Savior walked. We will be sanctified in this life because God has caused us to be born again to a living hope. And those whom God has justified, he will change and transform them into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. I tell the youth this, they probably get tired of it. Those whom God has saved, he will change into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. A loving heavenly father, we know even from the scriptures of Hebrews chapter 12 that God disciplines those he loves. If you are dearly loved by the Lord, a loving, disciplined hand from your heavenly father will happen because he is tethered and devoted to your sanctification. Those whom he has saved, he will change. He will change. And what is the motivation to be holy as God is holy? Because those who share in these promises of eternal life will now cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit. So we talked about sanctification. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says this, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. So God's will for us is our sanctification, that we will become more and more like Jesus Christ. That's what we saw last week. And whether we are in these bodies, our home with the Lord, we make it our aim to please Him, to please Him. If you remember the quote from J.C. Ryle last week in your sermon notes, Jesus Christ works in a man by the Holy Spirit, separating him from his natural love of sin and the world and puts a new principle in his heart, making him practically godly in this life. In this life. So part one, we were looking at Revelation. Part two, man, sin, and salvation. Part three, sanctification. And now this morning, glorification or what I like to call our future glory our future glory in Christ Titus chapter 2 turn there real quick before we get into Romans chapter 8 Titus chapter 2 our future glory in Christ while you're turning to Titus chapter 2 let me let me remind you uh, as I've been studying and preparing for this Sunday uh, Thursday hit and uh, before Thursday, I told 
uh, Mitzi in the office. I said, just keep it blank. I don't know, you know where we're going. Thursday hit. That means God hit me hard Thursday. You have this sheet in your bulletin. There are nine, nine points that we're going to look at this morning of our future glory in Christ and how w- reminders for us as Christians here to keep our eyes focused on glory and how to live here. But uh, that's so you're not frantically writing these things down. You have it. You can study it during the week. Any extra notes you have, you got a blank sheet there as well in your bulletin. Enjoy. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Look at verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. So part four this morning, we'll look at our future glory in Christ or what God says even in, in this scripture in Titus 2, 11 to 14, our blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to look at today, tonight, this morning. This morning we're going to look at our future glory Guys, this, this world is temporary here. Glory is what we look forward to, and that will transform the way we live here. I, I, I know this may sound crazy. This might be the first time that anybody's done this, but I'm going to read from our doctrinal statement of what we believe as a church when it comes to future glory. And what we, so some of you are like, I, we had a you know, doctrinal statement? Yes, we do. And I'm going to read from it. That speaks clearly about glorification and where we are to be with the Lord. We believe a person's eternal destiny is forever sealed by their acceptance or rejection in this lifetime of Christ and his work on the cross. Believers will experience eternity in the presence of God in heaven. Unbelievers will be in hell, a place of suffering, loss, and eternal torment. We believe in the personal return of Jesus Christ in the air for his church and in the premillennial coming of Jesus Christ to the earth with his saints to establish his millennial kingdom on earth. After this, there will be a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem where believers will live with the Lord forever. We will be living with him forever. Glorification is a, is a completed event for the believer. And yet we still look to our future glory in Christ. We're, we're living in the not fully realized, not yet place. But as we will see this morning, our glorification is a sure reality for those who are in Christ. And this reality will transform and change the way we live as Christ's redeemed people so let's get into it our future glory in christ it's almost too good to be true wow lord you saved me now i'm going to be with you in future glory this world is not all that there is there will be a new heaven and a new earth and the christian doctrine of glorification is stunning to say the least 
not only will we see Jesus all his new creation glory, but we will share with him in it. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 says this, When he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. We shall see him as he is. If the scriptures didn't make it so plain, we wouldn't have the gall to make this up, even our, in, in our wildest dreams to make these things up. But the Apostle Paul tells us, we will appear with him in glory. That's Colossians 3.3. 3. And that awaiting us is an eternal weight of glory. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. And then Jesus himself prays to the Father about us. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. In John 17, 22. And perhaps most shocking of all, Peter says, we will become partakers of the divine nature in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. That's just astounding to me, that we'll become partakers of the divine nature. We will never be God, but we will enjoy glory in His presence for all eternity. That's encouraging for us this morning. As we think about glorification, as we think about future glory in Christ, Jesus tells us that where He is, we will be also. And this was His desire for us, that believers would be with him in glory. And then we also read in John 14, verses 1 to 5, that Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. That where I am, you will be also. I'm going to prepare a place for you. The promises of future glory for us as Christians are mind-boggling. So encouraging. I think some of us, we lack the zeal and the praise and the worship for what's coming ahead because I think some of us have sunk our roots too deep in the here and the now. I know I have at times. Yeah, future glory, yeah, 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 I get it. Praise God for that. We're too comfortable, we've sunk our deep roots here in the temporary and God says, I want you to be thinking about future glory. That's where your mind needs to be. That's where your mind and your heart need to be in eternity. And what I have prepared for you so that this life is all about pleasing Him and glorifying Him because that's what we're going to be doing for all eternity. Has, have the roots, your roots sunk in too deep here on what's temporary? Are you excited about what's to come in future glory in Christ? Does that change the way you live now when you think about the future and what's to come? Is, is what you're doing in your life from the time you wake up, from the time you go to bed, and all throughout the week, you're starting to think about what's happening in your life and you're making decisions based upon what's to come in the future? And what's most important now will be because of you're looking forward to future glory in Christ. That will change the way we live now. Even last week we saw with Pastor Jason, Colossians 3, chapter 3, verse 4, rings true. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. 
Romans chapter 8. You guys there? Turn in your Bibles if you're not there. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. So we're going to look at our future glory in Christ this morning. We'll, we'll kind of look at a 30,000-foot view of, of Romans chapter 8, verses 16 to 30, hitting on some points, looking at our future glory in Christ. Look at verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. So point number one this morning, our future glory in Christ reminds us that we are children of God. As you look ahead at what's to come, future glory, it reminds us now of who we are. You and I are children of God, sons and daughters of the King. You see that here. Not only are we sons and daughters, not only are we children of God, we are heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. That's amazing to me. What's an heir? Literally, a person legally entitled to the property or rank of another on that person's death. Because our Savior Jesus Christ died and rose again. We are now, the Bible says, we are co-heirs now with Christ. Everything He accomplished for us is ours in Christ. Especially as we look to our future glory. But it reminds us that we are children of God. We are God's children. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 says this clearly see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God and so we are the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him beloved we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared right we're looking forward to it but we know that when he appears We shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Our future glory in Christ reminds us that we are children of God. And even what we are, it reminds us of, man, we're going to be so much more when Christ appears, when we see him. We are children of God. And we are co-heirs with Christ. And who reminds us that we are children of God? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We are children of promise. God's salvation at work within us. We are children. Point number two. Our future glory in Christ reminds us that this life here is temporary. This life here is temporary. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, keeping your finger in Romans 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Our future glory in Christ reminds us that this life here is temporary. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Actually, we'll start in verse 17. 
For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or, or they're temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So as we look to our future glory in Christ, it reminds us that this life here is what? It's temporary. It's passing. Even God's word, he says, this life is but a mist and a vapor. We're here one day, we're gone the next. And for us as believers, we're gone the next. We're with him in glory. So live your life for him now. Our future glory in Christ reminds us that this life here is temporary. It's fleeting. Hebrews 12 reminds us that we need to lay aside every encumbrance. This world does not offer us anything in and of itself that will bring us joy and happiness and fulfillment. That comes through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Daily lived out relationship with him he gives us worth he gives us that joy that's only found in christ so we long for what is eternal what is eternal people's souls are eternal so we care about the gospel we care about sharing the gospel we care about sharing the gospel with our co-workers with those on our sports teams with those in our classrooms with our neighbors right beside us. Why do we care about sharing the gospel with them? Because we care about what's eternal and their souls are eternal. We won't be so concerned with what's temporary. Fashion, cars, status. We'll put those things aside because we will care about what's eternal and what's lasting we long to store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves can't break in and steal. We long to store up treasures in heaven. That's for us as believers. Number three, our future glory in Christ reminds us that suffering will precede glory. Look at verse 17 of Romans, Romans chapter 8. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him, in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Look at verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to, with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I look out at our church body this morning. We have suffered. Sufferers, we have people who have suffered who are now with the Lord. We've, we're going through painful times. Provided we suffer with Him in order that we might be glorified with Him. And no one else but the Apostle Paul can truly say, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. You and I are going to suffer. Our future glory in Christ reminds us that suffering will precede glory. We will suffer. We will experience pain and loss in this life. 
but our future glory in Christ reminds us of that. It reminds us of that. We will suffer with him. Philippians 1, 29. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. It says this, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him but also suffer for his sake. We will suffer here as Christians. We're going to be mocked. We're going to be persecuted. You believe only in one God? Are you kidding me? You believe in this book of antiquity? Are you joking me? You believe that that is actually the literal words given to us from God Almighty, our maker and creator? Yes, we do. You believe that Jesus Christ is the only way? Yes, we do. Jesus says you will suffer for, for, for a moment. You will be afflicted. You will be struck down, but you won't be destroyed. And then you will be with me in glory. Sounds good to me. But I know some of you are suffering even this morning. Physically, we're going through hardship. We have losses. We have soon-to-be losses. We're those who will go to glory before us. And God says, yep, suffering will precede glory. Number four, our future glory in Christ reminds us of the hope we have in salvation. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 20. Actually, we'll start off in verse 19. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. That's us. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Verse 24, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what, it, what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Verse 24 again, For in this hope we were saved. Our future glory in Christ reminds us of the hope we have in salvation. The hope we have in salvation. Titus 2.13. Read that for us again here. The hope we have in our salvation. Waiting for our blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have an amazing hope. We actually have a living hope. 
we have a living hope in Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.8. Love this. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. The hope of salvation. We as Christians have wonderful hope. Why? Because of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who have saved us to a living hope. We look forward to that. Our future glory in Christ reminds us of the hope we have in salvation. Johnny Erickson Tata, you guys might know of her. She says this, I still can hardly believe it. I, with shriveled, bent fingers, atrophied muscles, gnarled knees, and no feeling from the shoulders down, will one day have a new body, light, bright, and clothed in righteousness, powerful and dazzling. Can you imagine the hope this gives someone spinal cord injured like me? Or someone who is cerebral palsied, brain injured, or who has multiple sclerosis? Imagine the hope this gives someone who is manic depressive. No other religion, no other philosophy promises new bodies, hearts, and minds. Only in the gospel of Christ do hurting people find such incredible hope. No other religion, amen, no other philosophy, you betcha, promises new bodies, hearts, and minds. Only in the gospel of Christ do hurting people find such incredible hope. As we look to our future glory in Christ, it reminds us of the hope we have in salvation. The hope we have as God's children. Number five, our future glory in Christ reminds us that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. We read it already, verses 19 to 23, where even creation groans and and longs for Christ's return. Why? There's a new heaven and new earth coming. There's a new heaven and there's a new earth coming. Creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected who subjected it in hope. We see the futility of creation because of the fall of man. You look at it, creation, as beautiful as it is, sin has corrupted it. Now even creation groans. There's a sweet quote from Randy Alcorn. He says, Do you ever sense creation's restlessness? Do you hear groaning in the cold night wind? Do you feel the forest's loneliness, the ocean's agitation? Do you hear longing in the cries of the whales? Do you see blood and pain in the eyes of wild animals or the mixture of pleasure and pain in the eyes of your pets? Despite vestiges of beauty and joy, something on this earth is terribly wrong. The creation hopes for, even anticipates resurrection and Christ's coming. Let me tell you this, not only creation groans, we groan. 
we groan. Lord, when? Come, Lord Jesus, come. When are you going to make things right? We know that a new heaven and a new earth is coming because Revelation chapter 21 gives us that truth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Our future glory in Christ reminds us that there will be a new heaven and new earth. The heaven and earth all of creation and the universe that we experience now will be away, done away with. New heaven, new earth. No sin. Let that sink in for a moment. I can't imagine it. No thought of sin. No struggle with sin. Number six. Our future glory in Christ reminds us to eagerly wait for God's promises eagerly wait for God's promises one that he is coming back we eagerly look forward to that our future glory in Christ reminds us to eagerly wait for God's promises think about all the promises that we have in Christ Brad read them this morning Ephesians chapter 1 3 to 14 you might want to go over those again this week all the promises we have in Christ I love verses 13 and 14 at the, the end of that passage of Scripture that our salvation has been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. No one can pluck you out of His hands. No one can separate you from His love. We are secure in Christ because we have the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Another promise that we'll, we'll see this morning is that we have victory over death because Christ is risen. Even though we might die here, we will rise as well. We will rise and we will conquer the sting of death. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 and 14 talk about that. And the Apostle Paul in his letter to the church in Thessalonica ends that portion of Scripture with encourage one another with these words. How are we as Christians supposed to encourage one another in this world with the words of God, but also to say, look, our future glory is coming. And let me remind you that we are to eagerly wait for God's promises. You can endure, you can persevere what's going on here because look at future glory is coming. That doesn't diminish that things are hard here, but when we are going through pain and suffering and difficult seasons of life, who do we run to? We run to the Lord. Who do we cry out to? We cry out to the one who we will see in future glory. And we'll see him in his presence. Face to face. That's amazing to me. A commentator says this, Do you really believe your faith? Speaking of promises that come from God. Do you believe 
This, what I am telling you, do you believe a day is coming when you will stand before the throne of God and the angels will whisper together and say, how like Christ he is. That is not easy to believe. And yet, not to believe it is blasphemy. For that, not less than that, is what Christ promises. How like Christ he or she is. Look. Look at them in the fullness of glory. That's what Christ went to go accomplish for these now saints. Look at them in the fullness of Christ in glory. But that is wonderful promises for us as Christians. That our future glory reminds us to eagerly wait for God's promises. Number seven, our future glory in Christ reminds us that we have a helper in this life and that helper is the Holy Spirit who now dwells in every believer. He is our helper, our comforter, and the one who intercedes for us according to God's will. Look at verse 26. Look at verse 26 of Romans chapter eight. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Our future glory in Christ reminds us we have a helper in this life and that helper, the Holy Spirit, will bring us and lead us home to future glory. He's our seal but isn't it encouraging here though too? I was astounded by this. The Spirit himself intercedes for us. Have you guys ever come to the point where you're praying and you're crying out to the Lord and you just don't, you're at a loss for words? Lord, I, I, Lord, I just don't know. I, I don't even know what to say next. I don't know what to pray right now. The burdens of this life are weighing heavy upon you. Praise God that you're leaning into him and seeking him. But you're coming to him, you're like, I don't, Lord, I don't even know what to say. There's been people in, in our church body who have, have shared that testimony with me. It said, Shane, sometimes I don't even know how, to, how or what to pray. Because of the anguish I was going through, because of the, the heavy burdens of this life. And I said, you know what, that's, that's okay. You're going to the Lord, and guess who's interceding for you with groanings even too deep for words? The Holy Spirit, who now lives in you is interceding on your behalf. Well, that's encouraging. Our future glory in Christ reminds us we have a helper in this life. You and I can't even do life on our own. We need a helper. And God has promised that helper to us. Jot these scriptures down for, for this week as you think about the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ having to go away so the helper would come. John chapter 14, verses 15 to 17. John chapter 14, verses 15 to 17. Throw on verse 26 in that same chapter. And then John chapter 16, verse 13. We have a wonderful helper, a comforter. The one who intercedes for us according to God's will. Number eight. Our future glory in Christ reminds us that God is working in all things for his glory and purpose. Look at verse 28 of Romans chapter 8. 
And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. Some of us love to take this verse out of context. Lord, you do everything for my good, right? And you do everything good, what I think is good, for my good. No. No. God does everything for His glory and for His good and for His purposes and for His perfect plans. Because He is God, you and I are not. But you know what we, how we can respond as Christians? As His children? Adopted into His family? Lord, I trust You. You are perfect. There's no evil in You. No sin at all. You're all about Your glory. You're all about Your praise. You are perfect and good in everything. So I can fully trust You with my entire life. No matter what you allow to happen in my life, I know that you are good. And even if there's times where I don't fully know what you're doing, Lord, I can fully trust you and say you are good and I trust you. Even when things are like, what and why? We can fully trust him. God is working in and through all things for good. Not only our present sufferings, but he is working in those for his glory and good as well and for our ultimate good too. But everything is part, as a part of this life. For those who are called, for those who are called, have you been called? Have you been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ? Those who are called, this indicates that God summons believers with a particular purpose or plan in mind. And what is that purpose? that believers should become like Christ and share in His glory and glorify God until we're with Him in glory on this earth. He is good and ultimately does everything for His glory and praise. Our lives are His and we can trust His plans and purposes even when we fully don't understand what's going on will you still lean into him and trust him for his work? And will you trust his promises that even your life is no longer your own and he can do with your life whatever he chooses? I love that song. I believe it's all I have is Christ. Oh, Father, use my ransom life in any way you choose. I've been singing that a lot, that line a lot this week in my own heart. Oh, Father, use my ransomed life in any way you choose. Any way you choose. So our future glory in Christ reminds us that God is working in all things for His glory and His purposes. And then soon we will be with Him in glory. Look at number nine. Our future glory in Christ reminds us that those He justifies... He will certainly glorify. Look at verse 29 and 30. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Remember, those that God saves, he will change to be like his Son. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. He saved them. 
And those whom he saved or called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also what? Glorified. It's a done deal. It's a sure fact. He will certainly glorify us. We will be with him in glory. We will be with him in glory. I love this. John 17. The high priestly prayer. Jesus praying for his disciples and then he he turns to pray for those. He says in verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. He's praying for us. And then look at verse 24 and 26 if you're there. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Our future glory, our our Savior Jesus Christ also prayed to the Father for us that we would be with Him and share in His glory. One day, soon. Some of you sooner than others. We don't know. We don't know. From the littlest of babies being murdered in the womb to the oldest saint who are now in glory with Jesus Christ. We don't know. But whatever days God has for us here on this earth, we will praise Him and glorify His name. Our future glory in Christ reminds us that those He justifies, He will certainly glorify. The church today doesn't talk much about glorification, but man, we need to be encouraging one another with what's to come. It's only in union with Christ that we understand our future glory and resurrection because of Christ. Non-believers, they hear about resurrection and a future resurrection. Foolishness. For us as Christians, we read from God's word about what our future glory is and we go, yes. Yes. And that helps us to endure. This life is a mist and vapor. One one day we won't be here, we'll be with our Lord. That's why I love how the Apostle Paul ends Romans chapter 8. He, he's, he's speaking these things to, to the believers in, in Rome. And look at verse 31. This is, this is probably what our response will be, would be, right? Okay, all these amazing blessings we have looking at our future glory in Christ, it reminds me, it reminds me that we're going to be glorified with him. Then what should we say about all these things? He's like, well, then what shall we say? Well, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Well, Paul already took care of that in Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So who's going to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. 
little note here, not only is the Holy Spirit interceding for you, Jesus Christ, your Savior, is interceding for you. That's awesome. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. Distress? No. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness? Danger or sword? No, no, no. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We will be with him. That's encouraging. I hope it is to you as much as it has been to me. R.C. Sproul says this, We get the highest hope, the most incredible promise in the New Testament. We will see God's face. All of our lives we can come close to the Lord, we can sense His presence, and we can talk with Him, but we cannot see His face. But if we persevere through the pain and the suffering of this present world, the vision of God waits for us on the other side. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine looking into the unveiled glory of God for one second? It will make every pain I've ever experienced in this world worth it to see that. These words are trustworthy and true. Not salve or opium to dull our present pain, but the truth of Almighty God who made us, who knows us, who by the suffering of His Son has redeemed His people. He has now guaranteed that if we are in Christ by faith alone, we are bound for glory and nothing can derail that train. So these former things that cause us so much grief will pass away and He will make all things new. Thomas Watson says this, we are more sure to arise out of our graves than out of our beds. You have a more sure thing that you arrive, arise, arise out of our graves when you die in the resurrection than you have that you will arise out of your bed. That's how sure our future glory is. Calvin says this, let us, consider, let us consider this settled, that no one has made progress in the school of Christ who does not joyfully await the day of death and final resurrection. Do you long for that day? Now, granted, we have work to do here on this earth, right? Even the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, I don't know, to be in the body, to be at home with the Lord, I don't know what's better, well... As long as the Lord has me here, I'm going to glorify his name. But man, I long to be with the Lord. So whether I'm in this body or at home with the Lord, I'm going to make it my aim to please him. That's, for, that's 2 Corinthians 5, 9. I'll end on this quote from Spurgeon. He says, I, I said of this poor body, you have not yet been newly created. The venom of the old serpent still taints you, but you shall yet be delivered. You shall rise again if you die and are buried 
or you shall be changed if the Lord should suddenly come today. You poor body, which drags me down in the dust and pain and sorrow, even you shall rise and be remade in the redemption of the body. For the new creation has begun in me with God's down payment of his spirit. Oh, beloved, can't you rejoice in this? I encourage you to do so. Rejoice in what God is doing in this new creation. Let your whole spirit be glad. Leap down, you waterfalls of joy. Overflow with gladness. Let loose the torrents of praise. What a future glory we have to look forward to. And that should transform and change the way we live our lives here on this earth as we look forward to that for certain future glory in Christ. Let's pray. Father, would you be pleased with this service of worship from your church this morning, from your word being preached, Father? from these songs being sung, from these prayers being given, to know even as we're praying right now, we're talking to the God of the universe, the creator of all things. Lord, our hope is in you and our salvation in Christ. Father, we thank you for the promised Holy Spirit who is our guarantee, our seal of our future glory in Christ. Pain, sorrow, suffering, tribulation is here on this earth, Father. But we know that these two will pass. We long to see you face to face. We long to be in that new heaven, that new earth, new Jerusalem, in our new glorified bodies, Father, praising you. And yet, Father, even as I'm talking, it just fails in comparison to what it will truly be. May our future glory in Christ remind our hearts of these truths this week, Lord, and may you give us encouragement. Father, there are some people here in the body and the congregation who are going through pain, suffering, burdens of this life. Would you be a sweet comfort to them this morning? Would you give them endurance to run the race, keeping their eyes on Christ, Lord? To those who are continuing to grieve because of loss in this life would you comfort their hearts this morning lord we love you and we thank you for your encouragement and your grace and mercy we thank you for your precious promises may they encourage and strengthen our hearts this morning as we look to christ Please minister to your people this morning, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Move and work 
among us this morning. We thank you for your word, your powerful, almighty word, Lord. Encourage us by what's to come in the future, Lord. And may that transform the way we live now. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.